when you zoom out and see zoom, let's quit using the word zoom right now. Right. (laughs) But when you, when you back away and look at the bigger, greater picture, I think most of us would agree as we are getting older, we are moving in like an upward direction. Like we are gaining wisdom. We're gaining Mm-hmm. better control of our maybe emotions or our responses to things. So doesn't always feel like that in the fiery furnace of the change. But I think when we step back, we can hopefully see that the change that changes that have happened have brought about like good things for us. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Advice Not Given podcast. Each week, we share unfiltered, truth-telling conversations between two friends. You're invited to eavesdrop as we give each other the advice you didn't ask for, but wish you did. We're your hosts, Kelly Artis and Claire Wood of Milspo Gurus, and this is Advice Not Given. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to this episode of the Advice Not Given podcast. Today, Kelly and I are going to be talking broadly about the idea of accepting change. And we've got a lot of little nuanced pieces to this conversation, but we know that many of you listening um, over the last year, and I mean, normally in life we have change, but especially this year, we are all facing a lot of changes. And we just wanted to kind of take a moment to like really flesh out like some of the why and the what behind changes in our own lives and hopefully leave you with some encouragement about um, having courage to make changes in your life when needed. So Kelly, what comes to mind when I just throw out the word change to you? Do you like bristle? Or are you like, welcome? <laughs> like, I think I am curious, like curiosity is probably like, mm, tell me more. Like, is this a good change or a bad change? But right? I'll tell you what, right now, like I can't keep up. Yes. Like, so I feel like I'm just like a wash. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like not necessarily like drowning or whatever, because it's become kind of a normal state to just be mm-hmm. like, okay, well, there's that thing is no longer a thing and cool. Let's, yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to stay positive and, you know, for yourself, for your kids, for whatever. But, um, I, I don't know. I don't think you can, I can answer that as a 2020 answer for like me, a me answer. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Like any other year I would say, Hmm, I'd be hesitant you know, embrace it potentially. I'd need to know more. Uh, Now I'm just like, yeah, sure. Whatever. What you got? (laughs) Don't you think part of that comes with the fact that like maybe under normal circumstances, we feel like we are the ones like, let me approach this and consider if I want to change. And this year it's just felt like the changes keep coming and we aren't really getting a choice or a say. I don't know. It kind of made me think back to, um, I remember at my elementary school on the playground, there was this contraption and it was like this big barrel and you would like stand on it and like run real fast on it. But there were handles so like you could hold on to it, but you would run and go as fast as you could. <laughs> but whether your feet kept up, the thing was still spinning. Right. Uh-huh. You know the thing I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah I do. <laughs> that's like, I don't think we had one of those. That's fancy. But, but that's yeah. like what I'm feeling like this year has been kind of mm-hmm. like yep. you're going to the, the barrel's going to keep rolling. Good mm-hmm. luck if you want to keep your feet on it and you might want to hang on to those handles because you're going to need them. <laughs> so. Yeah. And like somebody's poured like oil, oil on it or dish you know, soap. Just to make yeah. it fun. Like occasionally. Yeah. And then there's like murder, murder hornet, hornets coming at you mm-hmm. while you're trying to, you know, all the things. Yeah. yeah. And, no, Paul, yeah. and wearing a mask while you're doing it. <laughs> I can't oh man. So yeah, I don't know. I think, I think change is good. I think it needs to happen. I mean, it's, it's the natural evolution of things. It's the one constant. Right. Um, and I think that I've always 
traditionally dealt with change fairly well if I mm-hmm. had to like assess myself with that. Mm-hmm. Um, again, because I don't necessarily get super emotionally invested in what's happening around me, I th- right. think, and that could be a five thing. I don't know. But, um, oh, man, this year, it's just, it, again, it's just really hard to keep up because there's no, there's no steady. You're right. The right. barrel hadn't slowed down. Yeah. Like we're still trying to figure out, like, I just need to like, I want to hop off, you know, the treadmill mm-hmm. where you can put your feet on the thigh. <laughs> you just want to like take Stand a breather still. and it, I don't, yeah. I don't see that coming anytime soon. Yeah. So. Well, I have two, two thoughts to add to that. One is you said you mentioned that you traditionally have thought of yourself as someone who accepts change well. And I have had kind of like a mental ongoing conversation with myself the last few weeks, especially with our move and the added transitions of our military life. And I'm like, you know, I have forever told myself a narrative or a story that I don't deal well with change, but that's actually a lie. Mm -hmm. I actually do deal with Mm -hmm. change very well. I do adapt. I am resilient. And so that, I think that's maybe part of what got me thinking about us having this conversation, which leads to my second thought. And that is kind of like, taking the temperature on how all this change has affected us and like, are you feeling stronger? Are you feeling more confident? Are you feeling yes, weary, but in that weariness, can you also admit like, I'm, I feel like I'm like growing through this and I feel like I'm maybe better than I started the year. I mean, all things considered, you know, I love that. And honestly, while you're talking, the first thing I'm thinking is like, there's a freedom in it. Yeah. Um, cause you don't have to have control. Like right. nobody's got it all together right now. None. <laughs> if no you one. do, we will give you a spot on the podcast <laughs> to like help us through. Cause we don't I, don't, I sure don't. But yeah, I think there's a little bit of freedom in that. Like, it's just like, you know what? It's okay. Like, yeah. we don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about this, but right now the, the big thing is school. Right. The kids are all kind of either started back or getting started. And it is just like, normally I would be beside myself, Yeah, you know, with the way things are being handled. And I'd be like carrying up and down. I want to talk to the manager yeah. kind of thing. Um, like, no, this is not acceptable, but I have just relinquished so much. Um, yeah stress over it and worry over it. And, you know, it's like, it's not just my kid, like right. it is every it's kid. my kids are really well situated. So right. I really have no room to complain at all. Um, right. so I worry for, for other babies, I worry for other families, but, um, I don't feel like it's my place to, to stress over the change right, right. now. And we're just going to try to roll with it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I think part I of that is like, the short-term wisdom we have gained just from even since March, <laughs> which is, yeah. There is no point in worrying about it. Things are, it's like a daily, you know, evolution of how things are evolving and changing. And so like, there really is no point in worrying about it. But um, I don't know too. I just think there's like, like you said, comfort. There's comfort in the fact that like everybody's kind of dealing with it. And um, I feel like I'm just not like resisting it at this point. Like it's just, Mm, let's just roll with it. And if I have said the Mm -hmm. phrase, it is what it is. If I've said that once, I have literally probably said that a thousand times, yeah. and, but it's true. Yeah, like, did you? It just encompasses <laughs> everything. Mm-hmm. So last night when we were recording this, last night was the first night of the the DNC, the Democratic mm-hmm. National Convention, and Michelle Obama gave a fantastic speech, and she she quoted, "It is what it is once or twice." <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it was epic. Go Google it; it was great. Yeah, um, it was in reference to uh, something 
yeah. interesting, but uh, <laughs> that's for our, for our bonus podcast, but yeah, it was great. But, but, I, but there is wisdom there. Like it is like, okay, well it is what it is if this is what we have, but um, there is also some agency there um, to take power and control over what can be controlled in our day-to-day lives. And I think that's what we have to hang on to is just making sure that, you know, we can still maintain stability in the boundaries that we um, have control over. And, you know, we've talked about that before too. Like I've got my four walls, you know, like my property line is where I, my happy place. That's right. <laughs> I mean, like that is literally all I can do and I'm okay with that. So, yeah. and I never would have been before. Yeah. So. What well, makes me think of the serenity prayer, you know, like grant me this, mm-hmm. God grant mm-hmm. us the serenity to accept what we can't change and courage to change what we can. And, um, which kind of ties back in, you know, back during the early weeks and stages of all this, you and I were doing these welfare checks on the podcast. And one of the weeks we talked about the stages of grief. And I think maybe that's kind of the place we're at is this like acceptance of like, this year's a dumpster Mm -hmm. fire. This year's a hot mess. (laughs) This year, everything just continues to change and we have almost no control. So accept it, you know, like it's just path of least resistance. and the last part of that is the wisdom to know the difference, right? right? Like that's my favorite part. Yeah. So more information. What can we control? What right. can we do? Is there something we can do? If not, okay, cool. We need to let that go. Um, we're, you know, we're preaching to ourselves. Too. Right. Like I know I need to hear this on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Out of my hand. <laughs> well, Kelly, I'm going to actually mix things up just a little bit from our um, outline that we had kind of discussed earlier. And I'm going to pull in now. Can we both maybe share a time when we faced a big change and like overcame it or were able to like assimilate and like group, our, you know, like regroup after the change and then maybe talk a little bit about how in hindsight, maybe we have been able to use that experience as like filling up our courage tank. Mm. Um. So I'm going to go kind of broad with my example. And I'm just going to say like employment in general, right? right? Like the, like looking back from my college days and what I thought I had aspirations to be, I didn't necessarily have a path picked out, but I knew my end state. Like I knew where I wanted to be. I wanted to be like financially independent. I wanted to be successful in whatever I was doing, respected, blah, 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 whatever. Um, and then kind of just got like, smacked in the face with the reality of moving every couple of years right. and how unsustainable, first of all, the fact that you don't get headhunted out of college for six figure jobs. For some reason, yeah. I thought that was a thing. What a, what a wake up <laughs> call, right? <laughs> uh, not so much. So retail, here I come, right? Yeah. So, you know, and I, I, I feel like, you know, it took me a while to figure this out. At first I was like, hey, I've got all the time in the world. I don't need to, you know, be some hard charging corporate whatever yet. Um, but I did well in every job I was given. And it took me a while to learn, like, it didn't matter what I was doing if I'd like committed to it. Um, I could do it well and I could advance. Um, and then it was just a matter of like, is this where I want to be? Like, Mm -hmm. is this going to give me the things that I wanted? And then you move. Right. So then it's like, okay, crap. Well, this job doesn't exist in this place. So this industry doesn't exist in this place. So it taught all of those changes and like the, the, and we talk about this a lot in the military spouse unemployment space. Um, so this is a broken record for a lot of you guys, but it did teach me how to discern what I could highlight 
right? right? Like what I was good at, what I wanted and what would make me happy in a job, regardless of pay, pay, obviously off the table. Like you just gotta, you gotta let that one go. Yeah. But what was I going to be able, what was my other paycheck, right? Right. One of our earlier episodes, um, determining that. So those changes, I think, yes, absolutely did build me into, um, a better employee, a better, you know, manager of sorts, a better, I dare I say, maybe leader, I don't know. Um, but I feel like I'm not as intimidated by the prospect of unemployment mm-hmm. because of the experiences that I've had and the upheaval that I've had throughout that entire path. Now, am I where I want to be? Probably not. I don't know if that's ever going to yeah. happen or be within reach, but you know, I think that that is something that has helped kind of exercise that ability. Disappointment, right? We've talked about that before, right. like having having to upset what you've got going on, having to make hard choices, like do I take this job or do I move with my husband somewhere? Mm-hmm. Um, huge, huge thing. And you always look back and wonder if you made the right choice. So those changes are really hard to swallow sometimes. Um, and you, again, that's one of those other things, like you've got to decide where your values are right. and what you're able to live with and what you can get out of the situation. Well, I have a follow-on question though to that would be kind of like a chicken and the egg. Do you feel like all the geographical moving and the, you know, maybe continuous like change in employment status produced the the pearl or the diamond of acceptance or do you feel like it was like the other way around like like was it a mindset shift and then Mm. just kind of dealing with all the other or was it the other things that forced the mindset shift for you that's fascinating um, that's hard to answer too because I've often wondered if what's the grass like on the other side of the hill Mm -hmm. right would I had I not married my husband, or let's say he didn't join the military or he had right. a different job. That's a better, that's a better, that's hypothesis. better. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Let's say he worked for whatever, you know, um, would I have had like, cause he, cause he's, he's felt guilty about this too. Like I've held you back. You know, I haven't given yeah. you your opportunities. Like, I don't know that I would have followed a straight line anywhere because I remember I had a guidance counselor in college tell me you're going to be amazing as soon as you figure out what you want to do. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, ouch. But it's true. And I've always, I get bored, you know, I jump around. So I've always told him, like, I think I would have had something similar regardless. But sometimes it's just easy to blame the military anyway. Absolutely. (laughs) Let them be the scapegoat. There's a common common thread there that we can definitely uh, draw correlation to. But um, as to whether or not, I don't know. I I would have to say that I, I think that the changes created the the appreciation for the skill sets or the resiliency. But I also think that I did have some inherent skills that prepared me for the changes. Is that, right. I think yeah. it's a little yeah. of both. I don't know. Yeah, no, I feel the same way. And I'll share my kind of big, one of my big changes, but um, I think it's like many things in life. It's like two steps forward, one step back, a couple steps forward. You've had some self-actualization, some, self-improvement, some self-awareness, and then trials or tribulations hit and Mm. you kind of take a step back or you feel defeated or, you know, you're spinning your wheels. And so it's, to me, it's just kind of that, that ebb and flow of life maybe that causes, Mm -hmm. but I think for both of us, like the good news is, and hopefully for those listening, the really good news is when you zoom out and see zoom, let's quit using the word zoom right now. Right. (laughs) But when you, when you back away and look at the bigger, greater picture, I think most of us would agree as we are getting older, 
we are moving in like an upward direction. Like we are mm-hmm. gaining wisdom. We're gaining mm-hmm. better control of our maybe emotions or our responses to things. So doesn't always feel like that in the fiery furnace of the change. But I think when we step back, we can hopefully see that the change that changes that have happened have brought about like good things for us. Well, yeah. Yeah. I think that's not attachment, right? Like that's learning how to just hold things a little more loosely, knowing because you've experienced even like change by way of loss, right? right. Like you learn, appreciate what you have in the moment, right. in the moment. And then, which is what I think we're all feeling about like the quote, good old days Mm -hmm. of like going to the beach or going to a restaurant and having chips and guac with your friends or putting your kids in school or fill in the blank. So my, my big one that always comes to mind for me, um, this was kind of like my life, like my big life story. And I recently listened to Laura Tremaine's episode of 10 things to tell you. And she kind of goes into this whole thing about like, we are all living a hero's journey, right? And we all have that one big thing that kind of like forged our path Mm -hmm. and changed us. And then she goes on to share a little bit about hers and then how, when you take a step back and look at it, you've got to see that like, maybe you're not even remembering the whole thing accurately or like putting the (laughs) proper blame or proper perspective on it. So I've been thinking a lot about that, but my big change would be when we did join the military. And I've talked about that multiple times on here, but we lived in the same hometown near our families. I lived there till I was 34 and then boom, we move away, new life, new military culture, new city, um, constant moving from city to city, having to adapt in our marriage, like some of my roles changing as a mom going from Mm -hmm. part-time, you know, stay at home and part-time work to can I even find work? And, um, that really took a toll on me. Like it really like shook me up. But as I mentioned earlier, like I feel like the now almost 10 year trajectory of that is hopefully more growth than stalling out more development than attrition, if you will. Like I Mm -hmm. I feel like it's all been really good. And, And I try to, and I have to remind myself when I'm in a good headspace about it all, of all the really good benefits of what this life has taught us, what it has brought into focus for us, what it's done for our family, like just, just so many things. Um, And that's hard to do when you're not in a good headspace or you're kind of feeling defeated. So in the good times, I try to really focus, focus on that and keep that as my like running narrative in my head. So. Yeah. I love, I, you know, it's, it, you're right about telling the story, right? Like what, what did we accomplish? What did we make it through? Was it that bad? Was it worse um, than we remember? Like I have this tendency to block stuff out and right. I, I'm sure most people do too. Um, I don't remember much about my wedding day mm-hmm. because I was still in shock. Um, like literally that he was going to be leaving right. in like five days yeah. to go to freaking, you know, like it yeah. was scary. It was scary, scary, scary. And I, I literally do not remember the details of the day. I vaguely remember who helped me get ready. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. crazy, but I remember this beautiful story. So I have reinvented sort of like kind of, kind of re rewashed it to try to force this like beautiful, amazing memory. Not like it wasn't, but you know what I'm saying? Like try to like forget the the shock of it all, right? Um, so people mention something like, oh, remember this and that happened. I'm like, oh, that's so right. Um, but once you get through the thing, you know, and you've not healed, I'm talking about my wedding like it was horrible. But <laughs> once you get through the hard thing and and realize, okay, I did that. Now you've strengthened. Now you've got a little more like, you know, 
brassiness to you, let's say. Like you're like, yep, I've been there, done that. So we can get through it again if it comes back at us and there's less fear um, and more um, experience of just how to handle it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to insert just a tiny little rabbit trail here, but you talk about like the way you remember things. And I remember – I was out of college teaching and I did like a summer writing institute at my alma mater, which ended up being led by the person who ended up becoming my department head when I taught at the same college. And the whole thing was on memoir writing and talking Mm -hmm. about how um, so many of the stories we tell ourselves, especially like to your point about like the good parts and how we've remembered it. She argued that a lot of that comes from photographs and Typically, when we have photographs of events or, you know, experiences, memories, those can often trigger like almost like a higher sense of awareness to like you're just remembering like the smile from the photograph or the outfit from the photograph and maybe not necessarily so much of the like a lot of the negative in the moment gets rose colored, I guess, for lack of a better phrase, because of pictures fascinating now I want to go read all about that (laughs) yeah I mean I don't know how scientific that is but I mean it kind of makes sense because we had a few Mm -hmm. exercises we had to do in the course and it was like think back to your earliest memories and she was like okay make all these lists like brainstorm and then she's like how many of those memories that you listed came from actual photographs that you've stored away and it was like whoa mind blown yeah Mm -hmm. of course most of these are um so that's always well, to take that even me. just a little further though like you could you so when you talk about storytelling like the more often you tell a story right. or recount an experience right. you are also taking in feedback from whom you're telling the story to right. so if you get a laugh guess what the next time you tell that story you're, you're probably going to make gonna sure the punchline back yeah but yeah you, you curate it you massage it and then all of a sudden it could be, have morphed into something that like whoever was mm-hmm. there hears it for the first time like wait what didn't yeah. happen. Or maybe it was like you picked up on that tiny little thing and that's what you're going to like lean on as like the the overarching mood or whatever of the story. Mm-hmm. So um, we're, yeah, we're people. We, we respond to feedback and I love like, yeah, the photo thing. I mean, think about how visual we are. Like mm-hmm. the photo thing is huge because not only is it an image, but it's a concrete image. Like that is, was an actual moment in time right. and our memory is so unreliable. Right. Um, so I like that. And then also the same the same thing with like writing and journaling and reflecting. Like when you go back and mm-hmm. even if it's just for your personal benefit to go back and retell the story, like for me through the lens of my faith, I think about like, man, you know, God really showed faithfulness in my life through this event. Mm-hmm. And the more I say that and the more I share that, whether it's just to myself or within my family or on, in a blog post or whatever, like, like you said, the more that becomes in my head, like it, it solidifies that that is the story and that's how it happened. So fascinating. Huh, the moral of the story, when change happens, take <laughs> pictures. Remember the good. <laughs> yeah. Take pictures. <laughs> Instagram it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. And huh. you know, there's a, there's a layer there too, for me, because I am, I've always been an avid picture, picture taker, even as a child, I had a little click camera. I don't know if any of you other <laughs> 40 somethings had those colorful Wait. little disc cameras that you slid the little thing. Oh. And my mom would take me to Kmart and let me develop them in these little picture books. And then seriously have had cameras my whole life, love pictures. Aww. But now in the age of social media, we're constantly hearing like, well, you're just showing the highlight reel or you're just showing, you know, you're not being mm-hmm. real. And 
sometimes I get that. Like I understand the sentiment, but at the same time, it's like, well, yeah, because I just want to remember the highlight reel. I just right. want to, I just want the picture yeah. of the good or the happy moment. So maybe we quit shaming people yeah. for that. Unless, unless sometimes the happy moment comes with something great. Like my favorite picture of my son was when he was like 18 months and he's in Mm -hmm. this meadow in California and the sun was setting. It was like the golden hour. It is a phenomenal photograph and he has the best smile, like this really mischievous smile. He was taking a dump in his diaper in that exact moment. The photographer was like screaming, oh my God, do you guys need to change him? We're like, no, Jake, keep it. Keep taking it. And it was like such like chaos in our family, you know, like, and Reese just thought it was hilarious. And we're like, ah, these stressful photo shoots, you know? So I remember the, the, the smelly, yeah. <laughs> but it's still such a great picture that makes yeah. me laugh. That's, and like, what a great story. Yeah. So, yeah, exactly, so let's Steve. shift for just a second. And I know we've talked big picture about maybe some of our bigger stories or bigger narratives that involve change in our lives, but what would you say like maybe right now is a change that you're kind of wrestling with maybe it's being forced upon you in some way but like you you sense this imminent change and it could be something like Mm. very trivial or something really important and serious well so I have I have one of each so um I I think the the I think a good change this is something that's brand new uh for me and then um I think good it's a good move and I might actually be hopeful to see this like duplicated or continue long term um we just got puppies we have puppies and I had to take them to the vet the other day for their first little round of shots and normally the vet is like a stressful experience um I just have always felt like stressed out going to the vet with tons Mm -hmm. of dogs in the waiting room. And then there's people in the waiting room, you know, and like people are weird about animals. And I don't, anyway, it's a whole thing. I just don't enjoy it. I've never enjoyed it. It's, it's just too much energy, right. right, In a room. And I don't, I don't do that frequency. Well, Mm -hmm. um, we went to the vet and they had, um, an, a little tent outside that you checked in at. And then you went and you sat in your car until they, um, sent a vet tech out and the vet tech came to the car. Now this took two and a half hours. I did not enjoy that change. It took way too long, but the vet tech came out, uh, grabbed the puppies, took them in. Vet called me. Hey, they look great. Da da da. Here's all the things, you know, come back at this day. Um, and the vet tech brought them back out and I read them a credit card number over the phone. I never stepped foot inside the vet. Um, the puppies weren't stressed. Like I didn't feed into their anxiety about the vet, knowing that they were going to get shots and whatnot. I, I asked the vet tech, I was like, this is kind of cool for y'all, isn't it? And she was like, we love it. It's yeah. amazing. Like <laughs> we just do our job. We do what we enjoy, which is deal with animals. And uh, anyway, so I, did, I don't know. I thought that was great. I wouldn't hate to see that stick around. Um, they, they need to get a little more efficient with it. But um, I did enjoy that. Um the bigger thing I think that, I mean, and I'm sure I'm echoing everyone's sentiments here is, is, um, just our change of pace. Mm -hmm. Um, I was traveling a lot. I was working a lot. Um, I was, you know, having family come in and watch the kids for me, uh, especially while Andrew was gone, but we were just really like busy. Um, and we've slowed down considerably. I mean, the, the transition to the kids being home all day and doing school virtually has been not horrible, I will say. Now we're only on day two, but um, I think we've been fortunate. It's just adjustments in the house. And I will say that my house seems 
really small now. (laughs) It's not a small house, but I just, I am starting to feel like there are too many heartbeats in this house. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And you just added two more with those dogs. (laughs) We did. It got real small real quick. And, uh, and, but you know, so that's, I mean, that's okay. But the, the, the work pays for me. Like I'm, I'm starting to finally realize like it's not worth the stress mm-hmm. of uh, not being able to do all the things. And then also having so many people in the house with a microscope on things that I'm doing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I've, I'm readjusting. I'm having to determine like what's important for me to continue to spend my time on. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been reading more, you know, Good like job. I'm just like, you know what, I'm just going to stop for the day. I'm going to lay down. I'm going to take a nap. I'm going to mm-hmm. pre puppy. I'm going to read. I'm going to veg out on TV. Whereas before I'd feel guilty about it. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm just like, nah, this is self-care. This is important because uh, mm-hmm. there's a pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> so those are mine. Yeah. 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 I also have kind of a less serious and less um, thoughtful one and one that's more serious. My My less serious one is the new house that we're in, new to us. Every time we move, I feel like I have to readjust my cleaning routine. And I know this is like, some people are going to be like, oh, go on, move on to the next story. But <laughs> Tell me but more. Listen, this all, I'm going to tie it all in. Like, I feel like for me, when big changes come, I have to do a lot of like tactile, physical, hands-on manipulating of my surroundings to gain a sense of control. So I don't know if anybody else feels that, but. Mm-hmm. And I like a clean house. I mean, I'm sorry. I like a clean house. So I've literally spent, I don't know, 20 or 30 minutes mentally walking myself through how am I going to tackle this house? Will it be room by room? Will it be by task? Um, I've actually started another little Instagram account called Home Sweet mm-hmm. Military Home. And like I'm kind of documenting some of my processes of things like that over there. But like that's one thing for me. And the the greater lesson here is whatever the change is, you do have to break it down into smaller steps to like, Mm -hmm. see how you're gonna like live it, you know, like see how you're gonna accommodate the change. And so that's my little one is just like figuring out new rhythms and routines. And then my bigger one, and I am not going to cry on this, but everybody else is like, all my kids are home now and my kids are um, distance learning and they're remote learning and we've chosen to homeschool. And literally I've had probably like 15 like coaching Mm -hmm. consults with people over the summer. I'm so excited for all these people. I am changing seasons in that my kids who have been homeschooled for the last eight years, except for a year at private school, they are going to in-person school. And that was a decision we had made before the pandemic that was a decision that informed our PCS choice of like where we wanted to be. They're going to be in a Dodea school. And so I'm feeling like I keep kind of just avoiding thinking about it, but like, that's a big mm-hmm. change for me. Like that's an identity role yeah. shift. Am I excited to have the house to myself five days a week a little bit? Yes. Do I feel <laughs> like I've earned this time? Yes. But I'm also kind of mourning the loss of my role in their education. That's been super yeah. big and comma on top of all of that. Like we're, they're just in these years where they're just having a lot of big firsts toward independence. Like I've got my last one embraces in the last week. My middle one's gotten contacts. She's gotten the driver testing booklet. My oldest one, we're Mm -hmm. looking for him a car. Like, like I'm just seeing like my life flash before my eyes with my kids growing up. I'm just feeling all these really big changes um, 
kind of settling over me and like I'm wanting to lean into more of the aspects of embracing it and celebrating it and enjoying it rather than falling apart. No, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Like, again, I'm going to like save these episodes for when I get closer. <laughs> I'm going to re-listen to uh, to what you're dealing with and how you're handling it. Even just having mine in full-time school a couple years ago was such a big change. Um, but they were still so needy of me that I still had a role. So right. I, I feel you. I hear you. Yeah. And that's part of it for me is just the change of feeling so apart and so involved and so invested not that I'm no longer a part or invested, but like, right. how is that going to look? Like, what are the steps mm-hmm. that I need to take to release and have an open hand and encourage roots and wings, but yet still, uh, I don't know, still find who I am and all of it. Hey friend, quick break to tell you about a few things that we have going on for the fall season. We've been talking and we want to hang out with you. (laughs) We're going to introduce a new monthly hangout open to our lovely supporters on Patreon and we're calling it group therapy. Asterix. We are not therapists. It is not actual group therapy. We just thought it was a fun play Uh, and we don't know about you guys, but we need it. So once a month, we're going to host a Skype hangout, but you can join us face to face and to kick us off, we'll do an Enneagram and ask us anything. Uh, parenting, maybe we'll talk about homeschooling, pick Claire's brain on that, uh, and really just whatever you guys are into and what you're thinking about. So we're also thinking of a book club. So if those things are interesting to you, check us out, patreon.com slash for more. Also, we have revamped the Becoming Your Own Guru e-course. If you are a new follower of the podcast, we encourage you to check that out. It is an awesome tool and resource if you are interested in learning more about the Enneagram, but mostly more about the Enneagram as it pertains to military spouse life, challenges, triumphs, all of that. So we actually combined kind of our years of experience and pumped it all through an Enneagram filter so you can learn more about your type, what your type might look like in the different stressors and environments that we find ourselves in, and how to navigate transitions effectively. So that you can find on millspokegurus.com slash ecourse. All right. So you have heard us talk a lot about many facets of change and kind of share some personal, you know, things in our own lives and how we have dealt with change and changes that we see coming. Um, And we know that you all have felt many of these same things, or maybe you have very different things, but it all kind of falls under the same heading of how do we navigate change? And so I think how we want to end the episode is maybe each of us in our own little way, give our advice on how to embrace change or how to take a small step toward changes maybe that are out of your control. So Kelly, Mm. what would be your advice in this particular setting? So I think for me, it's um, having an open mind mm-hmm. um, and be willing to like step with confidence, regardless of whether or not you're 100% sure of it. <laughs> but to like, so we keep telling the kids, like trying to pick the puppies up, commit to it. Don't like hesitantly pick them up because they're going to feel that and they're going to be nervous and they might nip at you. Um, and I think that that can be conveyed into a lot of different areas of our lives. Like you have to commit, you know, if you're going to take the step, um, commit and make sure that like your heart's in check, right? Cause the people that are following you, like your family and your children, mm-hmm. um, need to know that you are committed and that whatever happens, good, bad, or ugly, um, it's cool. We'll deal with it. Um, and not 
like not be afraid to like fail in that way Mm -hmm. um, that we learn from failure. We learn from loss. We learn from grief. We learn from hard. We learn from change regardless of whether or not it's quote good or bad um, in the end. So that's, that's what I try to hang on to. Doesn't mean I do it well. Just, you know, yeah. Yeah. But that's such great advice. And I love that. I think that that's so, so valuable and a lot of wisdom in that. I mean, for sure. And, and I think it's hard mm-hmm. to keep that in mind for all of us, you know, in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. But when you kind of anchor back to that truth, I think that's, I think it's huge. I think my advice would be, um, and this is definitely advice to myself, um, don't look too far ahead and hypothesize on what the change may bring about, good or bad. But just accept today for what it brings and kind of live in the day and live, take today as today and do the small things you can do to keep moving forward, but don't borrow worry from tomorrow or next week or next month. And I think that's very apropos school, the school mm-hmm. setting and situation right now, but I think it kind of fits with anything. Like don't try to hypothesize too far ahead, just be in today. Yeah. Yeah, that easily, easily, easily lends way to like negative, like fixed mindsets and catastrophizing and expecting the worst. And then what you've done is you've just set the mood. Like, that's it. That's the expectation. So guess what? That's probably what you're going to get. So, oh, that's great. Thanks for joining us this week on Advice Not Given. For resources and links to all the things mentioned in today's episode, head over to our website at milspogurus.com. That's M-I-L-S-P-O-G-U-R-U-S. If you enjoyed this episode, please help others find us by adding your thoughts to an iTunes review and subscribing so you never miss a show. If you're interested in being a next level supporter of our endeavors, check out our Patreon page. You can pledge as little as a dollar per episode to help us out with expenses. Think of it as eavesdropping on our coffee date, but then sending over a latte. It's a thing. Also, be sure to find us on Instagram and Facebook at Gurus, where we keep the conversation going and where you can share your advice, not 